2: Welcome to it. Great to be in with you on Thursday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are loaded up today. Plenty to talk about uh, between Nebraska basketball's statement uh, with social injustice. We'll get into some NBA thoughts. Plenty of college football, Nebraska football in the news again and in the courtroom today. We'll dive into it and plenty of reaction with Thomas Fedoni saying, I am in with Nebraska, number to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio, or at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. And uh, coming up, Steve Warren, director for the Warren Academy, uh, standout Husker, and of course he is uh, Coach Thomas Fedoni, and trained Thomas and a bunch of high-profile talents within the area the last several years. Steve Warren going to join us, get his reaction here in about 20 minutes on Thomas Fedoni picking Nebraska. At 440, uh, Vince Powers. uh, Vince Powers' law. Vince's been with us the last couple, three weeks, and we appreciate his insight and legal mind. We'll get his take and reaction here on the Husker 8 that's what we'll deem them. Eight uh, Nebraska football players, of course, filing a lawsuit against the Big Ten. You had a judge here in Lincoln hear the uh, the arguments uh, with Mike Flood and the Nebraska counsel. You had a uh, an attorney out of Minneapolis uh, with the Big Ten, and uh, we'll get you caught up on that info in just a moment. But Vince Powers will be with us in 30 minutes. So, Gary Barnett, one hour from now, we'll get his take on what's going on in college football, what's going on around the country uh, from a a racial climate standpoint, and just navigating that as a coach, and also a guy that spent a lot of years in the Big Ten. We'll get Coach Barnett's thoughts here on the lawsuit, the Big Ten's reaction. Brandon Vogel coming up, and uh, we will get best bets with uh, the pride of Chicago That is Danny Burke. So what do you think as a Nebraska football fan, as you're maybe out for lunch or strolling around Twitter today, when you see that eight Nebraska football players have filed a lawsuit in the District Court of Lancaster County against the Big Ten? The lawsuit seeking a reversal by the Big Ten and its decision to postpone all sports and asks for clarity on how the conference made its decision so you can go several ways here you have a lot of national pundits and folks saying you know come on nebraska what are you doing uh i look at it a little differently uh mainly because of of the following here One, you have these Nebraska players, you've had parents, and now it's down to players filing lawsuits. So is it time to move on with this, or do you like what Nebraska's players are doing? Do you like the fact they're still chopping wood? They did what seemed impossible. They've actually got a freaking response from the Big Ten. I'll read that for you in a moment. This is not about getting kickoff here by the end of September. That is not going to happen. But it's continuing to push, continuing to prod, continuing to fight for information. And I want that. I applaud that. I, I respect that from the Nebraska kids who wanted to play football. Does it seem like overkill? Maybe. Are they getting any answers or any response from the commissioner of the Big Ten? Or at least a response to their satisfaction? Have they gotten any transparency at all on the process, on the vote, on the medical information? No, is the answer. So good on Nebraska. That's where I side on this. Keep chopping wood. It's not about football. It's about getting answers. And it's about future seats at the table it was a big day man i remember it vividly miami was playing dallas that's when i moved from the kids table to the adult table it was a snowy day in dallas point is is i got to move from the kids table where we're dodging olives from one another or whatever things we were chucking to the to the adult table right couldn't quite reach the wine but i could smell the wine that's what Nebraska wants, too. The next time there's something this giant decision-wise, maybe the people who you're deciding for should have a voice at the table, as well as the athletic directors and coaches. So uh, this has been pretty fascinating. Uh, there is some thoughts here from lead counsel Mike Flood we'll get into uh, right now. Let's, uh, let's hear from Mike Flood. He had a quick little presser earlier before they went into court. I'll let you know what happened in court in just a moment. But I like Nebraska's gumption on this. I like Nebraska's fight. Maybe Nebraska, since they're the first through the door on this, will have other players follow suit or file suit moving forward with other universities. But uh, here is Mike Flood earlier today. I'm the lead counsel for eight
0: University of Nebraska football players, together with co-counsel Mark Laughlin and Pat Cooper with Fraser Stryker Law Firm in Omaha. We filed a claim today in Lancaster County District Court. Uh, The court has assigned this case to Judge Susan Strong. On behalf of the eight University of Nebraska football players, we're asking the Lancaster County District Court Uh, to enter a declaratory judgment that the decision to cancel the fall sports season in the Big Ten Conference was an invalid action by the presidents and chancellors of the Big Ten Conference. We're also alleging That the Big Ten Conference tortiously interfered with a legitimate business expectancy on behalf of these young men. And that uh, a, a third claim was breached contract.
2: So that's the layout. You have a response from the Big Ten. The Big Ten Conference Council of Presidents and Chancellors overwhelmingly voted to postpone the fall sports season based on medical concerns. And the, at the best interest of the health and safety of student-athletes, it was an important decision for our 14-member institutions and the surrounding communities. We share the disappointment with some of these student-athletes and their families and, that they're feeling. However, the lawsuit is no merit and we'll defend the, we will defend the decisions to protect all student-athletes. As we navigate through this global pandemic, we are actively considering options to get back to competition and look forward to doing so when it is safe to play. So here's what Nebraska is pretty much saying. Listen, you didn't follow your own procedures in, in giving documents that we're asking for. And if you don't do that, you're subject to to sanctions. It's a bylaw in the Big Ten. Did you follow your own rules and regulations and procedures with this process to cancel fall football? Now, Andrew Luger is the attorney for the Big Ten. He's out of Minnesota. His take is, look, man, this is dangerous. If you disagree with something at your school... You're asking to go rifle through and rummage through files. There's no precedent on this, which can be good or bad. Is this judge willing to make a ruling granting Nebraska this information? You have Ju- uh, Judge Susan Strong Her response to this is they've given the Big Ten till 5 on Monday in response to the motion. And Nebraska wants answers. Nebraska deserves answers. Kids in the Big Ten deserve a response. They deserve answers. And from a timeline standpoint, don't drag this out. Give us a response. We've requested the information. We've been stonewalled. Thank you and good night. That's kind of where we are at in the grand scheme of things. So you have the Husker Eight that are fighting, and the documents say that it's Garrett Snodgrass, Garrett Nelson, Ethan Piper, Noah Pola Gates, Alante Brown, Brad Banks, Brig Banks, and Jackson Hanna. Those are the grievances. Wrongful interference with business expectations, breach of contract, and they want a, a declaratory judgment. It's not about money or damages. It's about the precautions that, that these student-athletes underwent when it came to testing. It's about transparency. That is fine with me. That is absolutely fine with me. What's it going to solve? Is it going to get you football in the fall? No, but you need these questions. And I think you as Nebraska fans have been wondering these questions. So the end game is this for Nebraska. Get an answer from the Big Ten. Tell us who made the decision. Tell us how the decision was made and tell us why the decision was made. Now, we know the decision was made because of COVID and the fear. But was it about player safety? Let's get a little deeper. What medical data did you use? And is it acceptable data? Is it applied to eighteen to twenty-four year olds? Or is it heart-related illness for people my age, people Damon's age? Let's get the let's get the statistics here. And when it comes to the who part, who made the call? Was it Commissioner Warren? Did he do it alone? Was it the Big Ten presidents alone? How much input did Warren have? Did Warren push the direction in any certain, in, in, in any way? Was there a vote? Who said what? That's all that Nebraska's asking for. And you got a you got a heavy hitter lawyer that's also filed, we'll get to in a moment, the uh, Freedom of Information Act. The Big Ten says, look, there's nobody that has jurisdiction on us for freedom of information. The other side of that is, well, there's 13 or 14 public universities. The public has jurisdiction on public universities. Jeff's on the horn with us. Jeff, thanks for jumping in. Welcome into Hale Varsity.
3: Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, I love the show, and typically I agree with you guys, but you know, on this one, I I, I think you guys are sort of beating a dead horse, in my opinion, as far as the the issue everyone's disappointed about the football games being canceled, the season being canceled, but. At the end of the day, you know, what difference does it make to get all this information and find out who made the decision? It's not going to change the final outcome. So I just don't see what the point of doing this is. It's not going to get the season reinstated. And my thing is this, you know, is do I think Kevin Warren made a, a, an idiot of himself at that press conference or whatever that he did? He looked terrible. He couldn't answer anything. He danced around everything. But the bottom line with this whole situation is this is all about liability. And those schools – if, if, if Americans are sue happy, so as
2: soon as don't disagree try, with you on that, man.
3: As soon as <laughs> as soon as the, state, the stadiums, even if they're twenty percent full, as soon as somebody goes to a football game and gets COVID, they're suing the universities. They're going to sue everybody in the Big Ten for you guys exposed me to COVID and this, this and that. There's too much liability and financial risk. There's no way that those schools could play. And that's what their lawyers have told them. That's the reason for this. So you got You know, got to prove the I, I,
2: liability, though. I mean, you can say, and Jeff and I agree with you. I mean, there'll be people lining up to to try and make some money, man. I, I get yeah, it. Absolutely. But but you got to go prove that. Yeah, it was your choice to go to a football game, right?
3: I understand, but like you said, you know, and I—I I, I just listen. want to
2: know—I want to know how this went down. And I know that there's no football. That's not what this is about. It's about the Big Ten kind of following their own procedures here. There's a roadmap to come to a decision, right? You got it. And, and if you're asking for the the minutes, the audio, the notes, what's what's there to hide with your decision?
3: I got you. I got you. I love the show. I'll keep listening and uh, you guys keep doing the great work.
2: I appreciate you, Jeff. No, and I get it. You got Nebraska fans right now going, shut up about this. We have no fault. I get it, man. I'm crying in my beer as well. Totally get it. It's sitting about kicking off here in in 25 days. It's about getting the Big Ten to answer. Kevin? Which Kevin? Is this the Kevin? Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead.
4: Thank you. I just want to let you know that I totally agree with the last caller. I think this decision was made at the highest level a long time ago. But I feel like this station and many others have unfairly thrown Kevin Warren under the bus. And it's almost become, to me, kind of, kind of a racial thing.
2: No, would we no, be doing no, this? no, 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 no. I would if crush. He was white? I would crush Jim Delaney if Jim Delaney was making this call. But don't but don't put that. Is, don't don't the put the racial is, junk on me. That's not how I operate, bro.
5: I said I feel
4: that way. I okay. didn't put that on you. Go back and listen to the tape, bro. Continue. I, said, I feel like you guys are throwing Kevin Warren under the bus unnecessarily all does I want to know all I want to know from lawyers. Kevin
2: all I want to know from Kevin is did you make the call or did the presidents make the what call difference that's all does it make because it matters to me it matters, to me it matters to me and make? it matters What's to the student athletes.
6: High paid lawyers who told the
4: ads if you do this we could get sued and it could be up to a half a billion dollars.
2: Then come out and say liability instead of health and safety. Call back. Did, did you just drop him? You had to go? We got to go to break. Call us back. Who was that calling? Kevin. Kevin, call back. Do so. And we're back. Fellas, so,
1: we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: Yes! That's awesome! Back into a tale of varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We love talking with Steve Warren. We like talking football. We like talking development. Uh, Warren Academy, and of course the Dream Foundation. And you uh, can find uh, the Warren Academy on Twitter at Warren underscore Academy. Steve Warren is with us. Great black shirt, Steve. What a what a week for the Warren Academy. What a week for some great kids you've been working with. How are you doing?
7: I'm doing good. Uh, trying to ride this roller coaster. It's been a fun week watching these kids uh, commit and uh, get the opportunity they've been dreaming
2: about. Well, and you know what? Let's spend some time on Thomas Fidoni. Uh, his uh, announcement ceremony, primetime TV, up in Omaha, and you had all those hats <laughs> on the table uh, with yeah. LSU and Iowa and Nebraska and and uh, Michigan, and, and then uh, then the 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 hat that got pulled out of the bag was the the number seven Frost hat. What's your uh, What's been the process like for you with Thomas during this journey? And let's let's start at that beginning point here, Steve, if we could, with you and Fedoni, just uh, the, the time you've spent with him at the Warren Academy.
3: He started back with us
7: two years ago, um, leaving his sophomore year. He started doing some speed and agility with us, and uh, you know, of course, position training. And then he was on our seven-on-seven team, so. Um, we've, had the, we've had the pleasure of watching him um, mature into the kid he is now, into the player he is now. And we're just, you know, we're excited for him because, you know, he, is, he has worked his tail off to get to this point and to have this opportunity. We knew it when we saw him that he was going to be a big-time player. Um, so it was, it's, it's fun to see that growth. It's fun to see kids grow into the
8: potential.
2: I bet. And you uh, can see that uh, with kids. It's up to them to put the work in. They get the tutoring and mentorship from you with the training and then, of course, their high school programs as well. But how agonizing was this decision for Thomas when you look at the big names that came in, plus the vicinity and and, uh, and, uh, you know, how local Nebraska was, but also, I mean, Iowa, the factor that they've been really good, especially with tight ends, especially with local products, was it something that stressed him out, do you think?
7: I think just talking to him last night and a little bit this morning, um, I think, yeah, the process was starting to weigh on him a little bit, and he was ready to get it over with. And the one thing that um, the coaches that were with me last night from the academy that we talked to him about was you know now you get to go have fun. You know now you don't have to worry about this anymore. It's over. You can shut the phone down. You can <laughs> stop accepting phone calls. Uh you can stop. You can stop doing all the media events if you want to. You can just go be a kid and go play football. So that's that's what I'm excited for for him because I know that he was ready to get to that point to where you know he could just relax and focus on you know, the rest of his senior year and and being with his teammates and his friends and his family.
2: Steve Warren is with us. And, of course, Dream Foundation, Husker Great, and uh, director, the Warren Academy, Thomas Fedoni, committing to Nebraska, uh, a big-time get for the Big Red. Uh, Steve, when you look at at the the plethora of tight ends, I know we talked a couple of weeks ago just the talent that's so – localized here between the, the Metro, uh, parts of Iowa, of course, Lincoln, and you've got a number of tight ends and just hybrid guys. With Fedoni, uh, give us kind of a, as you see it, when you look at, at Coach Frost's offense, that match, that fit, what, what do you think Thomas can do well for Nebraska? What do you think Nebraska can do well for Thomas?
7: I think the one thing we haven't seen is is how the offense can change now. Um, you know obviously they've had their struggles in the last few years everybody knows that it's not a secret but I think now with getting the weapons that he needs that Scott needs in, in the system uh, I think we'll see more of the stuff that they were trying to do when they were at Central Florida and I don't think we've seen that yet uh, because they haven't had that talent in certain positions so I'm excited to see what what they're doing with the talent that's coming in so we'll, we'll see and you know Thomas is a uh, is a special kid he's a, a kid that can you know Probably get into to the inline and block, but I think we'll see him more outside and, and matched up on safeties and linebackers and giving them fits.
2: So we're talking like kind of, and I hate throwing this name out, but kind of a Gronk flex type deal.
7: Yeah, I think he's a flex guy for sure. Um, now, now he is capable of blocking. He will be capable of blocking. He'll have the frame that he can put on a little bit more size. But he's so fluid. I think he's he's more of a flex guy.
2: What's uh, what's one interesting aspect about Fedoni's personality? What what kind of makes you smile about him?
3: He's a competitor. He
7: he wants to he wants to compete. Uh, he he doesn't shy away from the moment and getting a chance to to get better. You know, a lot of kids will um, skip an event or skip a camp or skip something in a camp. Um, But Thomas is the guy, if he's coming to to train or if he's coming to a camp, he's not going to skip a lot of stuff. He's going to do everything everybody else is doing because he wants to compete all the time. So... That's what's special about him is that his, his
2: will to compete. A couple minutes left. Steve Warren with us. Warren Academy. Hale Varsity Radio talking. Thomas Fedoni. Uh, when you look at the peer aspect of recruiting, I get a kick out of the story about uh, a number of the kids that are part of Nebraska's 2021 class that uh, reached out and uh, they've done some... Some you know group text things, but also the hey, what are you doing? Let's go get some food. And who says no to chicken wings? I kind of got a kick out of that yeah. story that's there. And Steve, how uh, how big was that for you when you were making a choice? Just the the, the guys you were going to be playing with, getting that camaraderie going, and and how important do you think it was for Thomas?
7: For me, it was it was way different. We didn't really have those opportunities to. Uh, Connect as easily as they did, as as they do now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, just on our recruiting trips, we would meet guys and um, talk to guys and hopefully, you know, connect with them at another event or somewhere else. But these guys with social media have the opportunity just at the click of a button to to, to connect with each other and then to set things up. The fun thing last night for us, too, was at his announcement, we were there. You know, Cole Payton is there, the kid going to North Dakota State, and Jackson Alexander, a receiver from, from Gretna that's, that's really good, and uh, Micah Riley. They're all at his announcement last night, and, of course, all of his teammates. But that's the fun thing for me as being the, the head of Warren Academy is seeing the kids that we put together on a team and that train together have built these relationships, and now they're supporting each other in that way, and they've built these bonds. Um, that, that, that that are just like them being on um, their regular high school team. These guys are, are, are truly teammates and brothers now um, because they've, they've trained together, they've worked together. So that's the fun part, and it's fun for me to see that and these kids connecting and doing stuff, but I know it's got to be a great time for them is that they can reach out across the country and help recruit other guys that, are trying to, that they're trying to get here to, to join the team and build the program back up
2: last thought here Steve, and it's been fun to get caught up with you another kid that, that has worked with you is uh kobe brett's and, and and kobe is uh man what a what a ball player for west side and uh I, I really enjoyed watching his film i had a chance to do a couple of west side games last year and really impressed with that team let alone you know uh brett's and what he does but you uh you had this on your defense when you played at nebraska and there's the opportunity from that again the hybrid side of things but now the defensive side of the ball with with kobe between that safety slash you know outside back or edge position and uh, that's something that that Nebraska needs and wants and and Kobe felt comfortable either being in the secondary or being on the outside there. Steve, you were part of some defenses that had guys that were some safeties that came in and bulked up and played outside. What did that do for a defense, having guys that were that athletic?
5: It
7: it just created more speed and more things that you could do with your defense. Um, Of course them being able to play in the blocks against the run helps because then you don't have to to bring in maybe a bigger, slower guy that's more for the run. You had guys that could could blitz, could cover the, could cover a guy in the slot or cover a tight end, um, and then play in space. So it just makes your defense more multifunctional, and it helps it helps with the defensive coordinator to be able to call things and feel more comfortable with calling certain certain fronts or certain schemes um, because he has now the, the the tools on the on the on the field that can get it done
2: with uh, with Bretts, uh, what's something Nebraska fans should know about him? They've seen him on film, and maybe some folks have watched him uh, in, in Class A, but what have you been able to see up close, and what's your history with him?
7: He is, a, he is a phenomenal athlete. He is one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete we've maybe ever had come out of the Bourne Academy. Um, just all-around athlete. He is a, a really special talent, and I'm excited. I'm excited for him. He's a good kid. Um, very coachable. Um, that's the, the you know, the, a lot of times you get kids that are very talented like Fedoni or Kobe Bretz or a lot of these guys I mentioned before. But the one thing I'll say about most of the kids that come through our academy, they're very coachable kids. Every once in a while we'll get a knucklehead and we'll have to kinda <laughs> knock him into shape. But these top talent kids um are some of the most coachable kids and that's what they're gonna need to be at the next level. Um is being is being coachable, so they can they can grow into their potential and make plays on the field. But um, Kobe's a Kobe's a tremendous athlete, and I'm sure that everybody keeps hearing that. But it is um, it, it is not it is not smoking mirrors. He is a a phenomenal athlete.
2: Steve Warren's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Steve, uh, what's that conversation like, man? When you gotta lay the law down?
7: Yeah, you know, it's for for us. It's all about relationships, so. When we have to get after a guy a little bit or say something to a guy, they know that it's coming from a place of care and that we want them to be successful. And the reason why we're maybe getting after them a little bit more than we would in the past is because it's because we care about them and because we want them to have these opportunities where they're committing to Nebraska or to Iowa or Iowa State or Kansas or Northwest Missouri State that they're getting that scholarship opportunity because they're taking care of their business. So – um, our job's not to be their friends; it's to be their coaches, and that's what we do.
2: <laughs> mm, that, that's that's advice, though, isn't it? I mean, that's that's. I'm sure you got a McBride story or two about uh, being a coach versus a friend, but someone you love, right? At, at the end of the day,
7: yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> of course, you know, you, it's a little bit different. You know, when you got a guy that you respect and he's getting after you. But you know he cares about you and he loves
2: you. Well, it's Steve Warren, and he's done a great job with a number of kids in the metro region. The Warren Academy, uh, two uh, big-time gets for Nebraska. And uh, a lot of kids that that have been with uh, Steve and his coaches, they have found their way to do uh, great things at the next level and finding a way to get that scholarship. Steve, thanks for what you're doing for the kids in uh, the state of Nebraska. Appreciate your time, and thanks for giving us a profile here on Thomas Fedoni and Kobe Bretts. always appreciate talking to you.
7: You. You anytime.
2: All right, good stuff from Steve Warren. Vince Powers. Vince Powers long going to join us. His thoughts on the Nebraska lawsuit. Gary Barnett's on the way. Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And now. And now.
2: Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. at Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Appreciate Steve Warren jumping on. And uh, Thomas Fedoni big get. Gary Barnett's on the way. Vince Powers with us. Vince Powers Law at Vince underscore Powers on Twitter. Vince, a uh, longtime uh, attorney and uh, brilliant legal mind. Vince, thanks for jumping on, man. It's, it's been great to chat with you the last three weeks and never a dull day. What's, what's your, your takeaway here with uh, Nebraska, the, the Husker 8 moving forward here with the lawsuit against the Big Ten?
6: I think it's it's a, a serious lawsuit It's being brought by serious lawyers. Uh, you can see the Big Ten has brought in a you know lawyer from a giant law firm, former U.S. attorney for the state of Minnesota. And if you recall, we talked about last Friday, I said, one of the ways you can determine if a party is in good faith or not is their reaction to a simple request. And if you see the comments, and these are Twitter comments, mm-hmm. but I, I expect the reporters had it right, that the Big Ten attorney... Uh, talked about not turning over documents because they didn't want people rummaging through their files. And, you know, it's like, whoa. All The first thing they said is, just tell us why you made the decision and whether there was a vote or not. And in their lawsuit, they say, hey, Michigan State president said there wasn't a vote. University of Minnesota said there wasn't a vote. I mean, this whole thing, they could have just simply said to the judge on the Zoom conference today, hey, we'll we'll get everything over to uh, the lawyers tomorrow morning. But instead, they're making kind of these statements that that make you realize there's something going on wrong with what the Big Ten did. And the Big Ten, I mean, for the Huskers that filed the lawsuit, they drew a very good judge, Judge Susan Strong. She's just an excellent judge. And I don't think she has any interest in football, I don't, not that I know of. I've never mm-hmm. talked to her about football, but she's uh, she's an excellent judge for this. And what the plaintiffs have asked for is expedited discovery, meaning normally you file a lawsuit, they have thirty days to answer, then you can start your discovery. And what the, what the plaintiff lawyers, that is the players' attorneys, want to do is do it in five days. Which and the judge gave the Big Ten till Monday to respond and say, "Tell me why not?" If the judge allows discovery this Big Ten commissioner is going to be under oath.
2: Wow. Vince Powers is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Vince, uh, how hard is it for a judge to set a president? That's where the, the Big Ten's coming in from saying, look, there's no president on, presidents on this for for, for for a case like this. When it comes to the league, they don't believe they're subject to freedom of information requests.
6: You know, again, that's what we talked about before. Yeah. They are a not-for-profit. And so, in certain states, a not for profit, because that means the public is supporting them, they are subject to open re- In Nebraska, we call it open records. Other states call it freedom of information. And it's interesting they did not join the University of Nebraska as a party here. Uh, I do know, and you sent me, thank you, that the uh there's another attorney has asked under the state laws for all these records. And again, any, any of your listeners could write a letter to the University of Nebraska, we have a great open records law and they would have to produce and they would. They're they're you know, they have a very good uh counsel and and they would turn these documents over. But it makes you kind of think that maybe there aren't any documents. And maybe there aren't any minutes. And anyone uh, who's listening that's ever been on a board, you know, the minutes go out to the members and so maybe the University of Nebraska didn't. And and again one of the things we talked about was uh, and I'm, I thought it was quite predictable these players have a short window. The universe in Nebraska excuse me, the state of Nebraska just passed a law that allows them to profit off their likeness. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying, "Hey, wait a second, because of your decision, which we do not believe you followed your own rules, we're being denied an opportunity to make, make money. And the other thing they did that I thought was really clever. Was they don't want to go to federal court, and so they and in federal court, if you can get if you are suing for more than seventy five thousand dollars, and you're got an out of state defendant or plaintiff, you can end up in federal court. So they said a couple different times in their lawsuit, we will not accept more than seventy five thousand oh. dollars because they don't want to get removed to federal court because uh, it's a more difficult place to be uh, if you're a plaintiff for any number of reasons that aren't relevant here, but. What's going to happen as far as a precedent? I mean, it's just kind of it's just kind of a nonsensical argument because this has never happened before. Right. They've never canceled a football season, and they have people saying we didn't vote. And they're also, I think, have said, well, just because they disagree with our decision, people can't sue. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's not the way the world works. If, If somebody makes a decision. And as these players are saying, they are third-party beneficiaries to the contracts that are involved here. And a third-party beneficiary means uh, you and I have a contract, Chris, mm-hmm. okay? But a beneficiary of that contract might be your neighbor for some reason. So that person has a certain rights to sue. And they're saying, although we didn't sign any of these contracts, we as players are being deprived of the benefits. And, and throughout the lawsuit, there's a simple message going Show us the documents. Tell us what you did. What was the vote? And I think the reaction of the Big Ten has been uh, like, there's something amiss here. I mean, if I was saying to you, Chris, Chris, unless you turn over this piece of paper and you're going to be sued, would you go out and hire one of the largest law firms in America spending a huge amount of money to not turn over something that you say you have?
2: Here's the piece of paper, man. Take it.
6: And these open <laughs> records law. I mean, look, I've, I have used open, Nebraska open records law in, in, in my practice. It's fairly routine. I've gotten things from the governor's office, from uh, politicians, from agencies. You just ask for it. And, and, and it's just part of the law. It's part of the fabric of our open society. And for the Big Ten, which profits immensely by not having to pay taxes, and part of that profit goes to pay Big Ten commissioners lots of money. They, it's kind of weak for them to say, oh, uh, we don't have to turn over our, anything. And, and so it's very interesting, and I, I would say I, I've noticed on social media people are pooh the lawsuit. I want to be so quick. You, you have a good judge who will listen to the law. And the other great thing about being in Nebraska in this lawsuit is if the judge rules, that there's discovery we do not they do not get to automatically appeal that decision to the Court of Appeals Mm. so they're stuck with it they can do what's called a mandamus action very rare so if the judge says on Tuesday I'm gonna give you five days to do do discovery uh, they got a problem Mm. and it would not surprise me in the least that the judge would do it because what harm is there I mean ultimately if you, if it's Judge Chris Schmidt, you're saying, well, if I do this ruling, you know, will the world end for the Big Ten? No, no. it'll just mean that the Big Ten will have to produce what they claim they did.
2: Fair enough to me. That's why I, I appreciate the uh, the Husker Eight doing their thing and yeah, let's see how far it goes and let's uh, let's get. The yes or no on the vote. Vince Powers with us. Vince Powers Law at Vince underscore Powers on Twitter. Vince, uh, I will be uh, dialing you up probably here next week, and we'll we'll uh, continue as the uh, the world turns here with uh, Nebraska in the court. How's yeah. that sound?
6: You know the way this world's going. Maybe you won't be because maybe Godzilla's are going to be going down <laughs> O Street.
2: Yeah, it's it's been it's been quite uh, quite heavy for sure. Right. Vince, appreciate you much. Great yeah, thank explanation, you. thank you. There he is, Vince Powers. you just caught the tail end of that. We'll get the podcast up and the interview. So if you say you did something, prove it. And you need to show because thirteen to your fourteen universities are public. Don't dismiss this. Nebraska's got some movement. Chime in,
1: 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity
2: Radio. One final time this hour, Gary Barnett's coming up, Brandon Vogel, and then the pride of Chicago is Danny Burke. Some gambling uh, news and notes. Uh, Really good write-up on ESPN.com when it comes to the NBA and uh, what Michael Jordan has done to work with the owners and players uh, in response to the boycott and the NBA players' frustration about social injustice and what's gone on in the state of Wisconsin. So Michael Jordan uh, reached out to CP3, Chris Paul, and uh, said, let's talk and uh, let's get together with the owners. And uh, the owners with the NBA, very receptive to just the the hurt and frustration with uh, so many of the nba players and uh the nba owners were like you guys take as much time as you need to to be hurt and jordan uh, as he's the the lone majority owner uh that's a minority in the nba uh Jordan was able to discuss with the players, uh, let the players voice their frustrations and concerns, and the thought was this, and this was part of Michael Jordan's message. Listen, the situation of, of maybe punting the, the, the postseason and just shutting it down, uh, was, was a, there was a strong, strong possibility 24 hours ago with Milwaukee and the Lakers and the Clippers and many other NBA teams that are in the postseason, as conversations happened with ownership and with players and player reps and a player vote, you had uh, the this reason and decision come forward, as it looks like things will resume over the weekend for the postseason a lot of game fives and and another game one of of the series. But you have the fact that uh, from a visible platform to help social change, the best idea is to play. That's kind of where Michael Jordan kind of cited. The owners say, move forward. And the players, it looks like they'll pick up this weekend. And I know that it's been... You have two sides of this here. You have folks that that completely understand and side with the NBA players and Major League Baseball, and then you have folks that say, look, the best thing you can do is go play because all eyes will be on you and you can get your message and voice out there. It's been super heavy and divisive, and I use that term heavy again like I'm Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, but it's been – Uh, another crazy week you know that so uh, we'll spend some time with Gary Barnett coming up some college football thoughts his take on Nebraska's situation Uh, I ask you to go check out the Vince Powers interview we just did with him his reaction and analysis to the Nebraska lawsuit it is not frivolous it is not going to be dismissed Uh, without a fight, and it sounds like things have lined up well for Nebraska to get an answer from the Big Ten. Just prove or show us you did what you say you did with a vote and data. Coach Barnett's on the way, Hour 2 on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery
1: welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN
2: or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmidt thanks for spending time hour two at hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska Lottery. Brandon Vogel coming up. I uh, get his thoughts on the Thomas Fedoni commitment. Uh, busy day uh, in the courtroom for uh, the Husker 8 as the uh, Nebraska players squaring off against the Big Ten. We welcome in the coach at Northwestern and Colorado and avid golfer. We say hi to Gary Barnett. Coach, how's your day going?
4: Uh, Chris, it's going well. What's going on there in Nebraska than a lawsuit or two?
2: Uh, that's about it. Uh, you've had uh, the Nebraska basketball program; uh, their players came forward uh, today around four o'clock as well with statements uh, uh, out and, and against uh, social injustice. So it's been busy today, and uh, quite a bit of news. I wanted to get your thoughts on if you've seen or what you've seen uh, of of Nebraska, and have you ever heard of? Uh, Uh, players or a program suing, and this isn't Nebraska, but it's the players suing a conference. I mean, the last lawsuit I think I remember seeing things uh, get pretty heated about was didn't Oklahoma sue the NCAA back in like the the mid-80s?
4: yeah they did t v uh but you know this isn't, nothing's normal about this year right now, Chris. I mean we're talking about stuff that we never dreamed we'd be talking about, yeah. and uh who knows where it's all going, but it's crazy i'm I'm glad I'm not involved in coaching right now it's It would be you know there's just so many different ways that you go with this thing, and it's going to be interesting to see how much power athletes pro athletes college athletes mm-hmm. really have. Um, you know the the overall mission of universities is not for athletics, and uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how they withstand uh, and how long they take these barrages uh, before they just you know call it quits and just say hey we're not doing any of this sort of stuff it's not worth it anymore, and it, you know who knows if it'll go that way but it certainly could. And um, you know everybody is feeling their oats right now. Everybody that feels like they haven't been given a, a fair shake mm-hmm. uh, is is getting their voice heard. And you know it's it's costly. It's so costly to these universities um, that are already on a they're on a small margin anyway. And so it's uh, you know and even the NFL, NBA, all that. Uh, major league baseball you know the margins are slimmer than people think and it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can afford uh, to uh, handle these lawsuits and these changes and these demands without making major changes
2: gary barnett's with us coach do you have any interest in in this this so-called vote and it's been There's I've had people say that that are at the administrative level say, yeah, there was a vote. And that was part of the Big Ten's statement by by Commissioner Warren. There's been other presidents uh, within the Big Ten that said, you know, it really wasn't a vote. So there's some some haziness there. Uh, And then it was kind of reiterated, yes, there was a vote. Do you have a problem with players or a program asking to to see that vote? Or are you like, look, it, it decision was made. Move on.
4: No, I don't have a problem with these players and parents asking to, to hear the tapes and see the videos and and find out about it because I think it was done under a, a little bit of darkness and uh, behind closed doors. And this is as they perceive this. This is their future. As their parents see it, this is their sons' and daughters' future. Uh, that's that's being you know, hampered or eliminated even, and changed. So I get it all. Once you open the door for one group uh, to demand these changes and demand the, the information, then you've got to do it for all groups, and that's, that's where the Big Ten is sitting right now. You know, part of the issue is that every state has a different protocol mm-hmm. uh, as to how they handle things, and uh, some are more strict than others. And it's you know trying to corral it all and come up with one one answer for everybody is really difficult. And uh, you know I I I totally uh, empathize and uh, with, with parents. Uh, and I'm shocked that there's not more transfers. But fortunately, football hasn't started yet, so there's still room for transfers. I mean, you take the schools that are. That are quarter schools like Northwestern, and there's a couple others I think in the Big, mm-hmm. Big Ten, but I know there's a bunch in the Pac-12. Those kids uh, have another month before they can they they really could transfer any time during that period of time.
2: Well, you saw the the stud offensive tackle for UCLA uh, pack right. up, and, and he's headed the Baylor, right? So that's that's kind of the first and we'll see if there are more dominance that's what i'm wondering with with nebraska and and other big 10 schools do you see some some of the guys that that can't play this fall leave and i look and and i'm not i'm not sure where a guy like patty fisher sits because he's been there for a long time he's phenomenal i mean we're talking all american lists and all big 10 lists and potential league defensive player of the year right and his his uh, senior fall's been taken away. Is he a guy that leaves? Is there some guys that are redshirt juniors on Nebraska's uh, offense or defensive side of the balls? I mean, Nebraska's most of their secondary, three fourths of it, they're all like seniors. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are guys that want to play, and how patient do they stay with this hope? And that may not have a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of faith in this hope about even playing in winter.
4: Well. Chris, first of all, all these guys are talking to agents. And, you know, the information they're getting from agents usually is not accurate. It's, it's, uh, it blows smoke sure. uh, up them. And, and But sooner or later, they can find out. They, they can get some accurate information through the process if they work at it hard enough. And those kids who are pretty well guaranteed uh, that they're going to be NFL draft choices you know, more than likely they are not going to play next spring. There's no way they're going to play. And so it, it comes down to the kids that really are thinking about transferring are the ones who are on the bubble. And, and someone's got to be honest with them, uh, or they have to work really hard to get the honesty out of everybody um, as to whether or not, you know, it, it would make sense for them to go transfer and get, us, get this season in right now. And, and so they have a chance to go. And, you know, when you sit back and you look at it from a distance, you go, really, Are we? is this really the right thing for us to do, is to be, you know, creating this thing for these kids to go to the NFL? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, is that what colleges, football and colleges are about? And I'm not answering that. I'm just throwing it out. It's as a question. question I think yeah. people have to ponder. And you know, if you're a sports enthusiast, you look at it one way. If you're an academic, you look at it completely different. And um, that's what's going on right now.
2: Gary Barnett's with us, Few Minutes Hail Varsity Radio. Do you, uh, do you anticipate massive amounts of tampering uh, from other conferences that are playing with some guys if they want to fill out a roster? Or is that, uh, is that something that is not really spoken about but maybe does e- exist?
4: Well, I would imagine there's a great deal of tampering going on right now. Uh, with the portal. What the portal did was allow tampering to happen and make it legal. So um, the tampering is legal to do right now, and that's exactly what's going on. Uh, you, you're missing a player or two on your team. you got plenty of time because nobody's even opening up until 1st of October. Mm-hmm. So, But now the risk you're running if you're a player is you go there and all of a sudden they cancel the season. And so now you're in the same boat you would have been in if you'd have stayed at Nebraska or Northwestern, wherever. So it's risky. And, boy, you have to weigh your advice. You have to weigh what you think is going to happen. It's not an easy thing to do. But tampering is now legal because of the transfer portal. So, of course, it's going on.
2: How did you deal with with guys that were messing with agents? And I'm not talking about, uh, I remember, God, I remember Curtis Enos, right? The name popped into my head. Phenomenal back, Penn State. And I remember, how good a senior year he had, right? Top five draft pick, took a suit, missed the bowl game. Didn't matter. I think Penn State rolled whoever they played anyway. But point is, is that that has happened in the past to kids. How do you, how are you able to either A, hear about it and, and cut it off, or B, uh, deal with the the fallout and, and stay with a decent relationship with the kid who might have made a mistake?
4: Well, it's a fine line, and your obligation is to the kid, um, I've I always felt, but I also it was my obligation to make sure he knew exactly uh, where the line was, that if he crossed, he was no longer an amateur. Gotcha. And if he didn't cross, then he was okay. And so I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a big problem with guys talking to agents just so they knew that, you know, if you go to dinner with an agent, you pay your own bill. I mean, you can do that. You can talk. You just can't make it an agreement. Now, how much of that really happened, I don't know. Sure. But I knew, do know that my players, or I hoped my players knew that I was on their side. I was hoping for them to have the best opportunity down the road for their life. But, as you sit back and you think about it, Chris, from a distance, is that what college football is supposed to be about? And I think that's a big dilemma right now um, and that's why it's I'm curious to see how much power these guys really have, and like I said in the opening is 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 this what universities want to be about, and who makes that decision and um Who knows? I don't know where it goes and what it looks like. But I think we're heading for a collision course uh, between those two issues.
2: Well, and and you kind of laid it out a couple weeks ago about how you you could have a minor league system developed. Guys come out of high school and go play there if they want to get paid. and Some kids just stay at school and you're going to have your your conferences and, and go from there coach uh, i want to get your thoughts on on the, the tight end position nebraska landed a kid that's uh top uh, top 40 in in the country number one tight end of the country and just big and fast and and really uh kid out of council bluffs and nebraska's had more infiltration in their backyard or region with other schools not only in the big 10 but other other programs, Notre Dame, LSU. It's it's happened. There's a, a pretty good level of, of regional talent that's super high level. But uh, I know you ran a double tight system. You and Watts did, and it was really impressive. As you've looked at Frost's offenses, when you look at the Oregon teams you've seen, or even Central Florida, how big can can a can a thoroughbred that's uh, that's you know six 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 seven two sixty that can run? That's that's great, but how can he be effective in the offense you're kind of familiar with with Frost?
4: Well, you know, I think Scott was there when they had a great tight end at Oregon who ended up getting in a lot of trouble um, and got suspended for a game and then got suspended for his last two years or dropped out of school. And I cannot for the life of me think of his name. I didn't have a chance to look this no, up fine. to see what it was. That was as good a player as there was in the country. And when Oregon used him, because, because it was such uh, an anomaly to their offense that people didn't, as they defended him, didn't think about it. But when you put a guy like that out there, they, were, they operated at a higher level than they'd ever operated before. And that's what a t- one of these specialized tight ends can do for you. There's just not very many of them out there. It may be the hardest, single most difficult position to find, and yet they're making tons of money at the next level. But if you take a special tight end, uh, I mean, we're talking Gronk. We're talking guys like that. Dan Graham, in my case. You guys, that you know, what you can do with them offensively just makes it so much harder for everybody that's trying to defend you. So Scott, I think, knows knows what to do. He's seen it happen. He's had one of those guys. He couldn't stay there uh, for one reason or another. But he's got experience doing that, and, and the guy was special. There's no
2: question about it. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, last thought here, about a minute and a half. Who do you like for the uh, the FedEx this weekend in Illinois? <laughs>
4: You know what? I I don't know. I'm. Uh, how, how do you not like Dustin Johnson? Oh well, he <laughs> pulled a Barnett last weekend. The way it feels like he just did. Good grief! Uh, I mean, I don't know how you not like take a guy like that. So
2: Have you you've had a round like that before, haven't you?
4: <laughs> not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it felt like that, but it wasn't like that.
2: Yeah, just a little <laughs> different optics on it. Well, good oh enough. my gosh, yeah. that was that was yeah. awesome, Coach. You have a good rest of the weekend, and it was fun to chat. And thanks for spending some time with us today.
4: You bet, Chris. Good to be with you. Thank,
2: Thank you, um, Gary Barnett, with us on Hale Varsity Radio. <laughs> yeah, we all we all have that uh, that round where we're, we're, we're walking off eighteen and just smiling. Like man, that was that that wasn't Dustin. That wasn't DJ. Hey, come see us tomorrow. Shoey's sitting with me. It's wilderness ridge we're on the road road show friday for hail varsity radio i am smiling it's going to be out on the deck it's going to be beautiful so you're invited out socially distant outdoor it's going to be all sorts of fun and we'll talk some football we'll talk some golf but it is going to feel outstanding to get on the road again and do a show uh, i've done a couple of shows for my patio that was nice there was a a German Shepherd and Labradoodle around that tried to disconnect me. They won't be with us this time. We'll be out on the deck at Wilderness Ridge 4 to 6 tomorrow. Get yourself a cold one or get a bourbon. Scotty, the bartender, makes phenomenal drinks. Hell, go play some golf before the 4 o'clock show start. Get out there, swing the clubs, enjoy yourself, be with us tomorrow on the road, Wilderness Ridge 4 to 6, out on the deck. Uh, Mr. Vogel Brandon Vogel's coming up on Hale Varsity and now and now back to Hale Varsity Radio thanks for spending time Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery good stuff today Vince Powers his legal analysis on the Husker 8 and the lawsuit Gary Barnett was fantastic and uh, thoughts about agents tampering transfers and, uh, of course, that Dustin Johnson type round we've all had. Guy that I think I'd love to see swing the golf clubs. He would just swear internally. Brandon Vogel, com and Magazine. At Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Voges, what's up, man? Good to talk with you. How you doing?
9: Oh, not a whole lot. How are you doing?
2: We're okay. We're, uh, we're busy. You're busy. It's been an interesting day and and week, uh, your thought here as uh, Nebraska eight players moving forward with a lawsuit, and you've got a couple of a different takes from from not only the Nebraska fan base but just social media right now. Uh, enough's enough with this lawsuit, or you know what? Keep on chopping wood. Let's uh, let's see some some transparency here. What's uh, what's been your reaction to the to today in court with Nebraska?
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you pull the levers you have available to pull, right? Um, and if you you feel strongly about something and you're, you're willing to fight for it, then then you do what you can. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, the the base starting point for me. Um, I should probably mention I'm I'm not a lawyer. Um, that's important. But,
2: but you know what? You, you can rock it, a suit and, and look like Jack McCoy if you wanted. <laughs>
9: I took the LSAT. I got that far. Oh, you uh, did? So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really take it very seriously. Uh, and it did not go so well for me. Um, <laughs> so thus, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess based on the, the preliminary ruling from the Lancaster County Judge today, you know, it seems like maybe, maybe this will actually be successful. I, um, kind of forcing the big Ted's hand here to at least turn over maybe the results of a vote. Um I don't know. My my amateur analysis of it overall was uh, some of the, the the case itself, I don't know how how strong it is, but again I'm I'm not an expert on that, but you know if if they can at least force a little bit of transparency and and there's a couple of levers you can pull there. Um Maybe that maybe that will help. I mean, that was really kind of the, I read the entire lawsuit. That was kind of the thrust of, of what they were asking for. And today definitely didn't hurt their case um, based on what I saw.
2: Brandon Vogels with us. HailVarsity.com and magazine Vogels. Attorney of law. I love it. I love it, man. Uh, but I like you writing, too. So, I mean, it's it, it's it's worked out for everybody here. So I need to, to get your thoughts on Thomas Fedoni. The commitment. Uh, we talked with Steve Warren a little bit earlier. Uh, I love watching uh, the film of Fedoni and just, man, uh, visions of guys getting destroyed in the end zone dance through Nebraska fans' heads here with Fedoni. But at what point did you think this was a sure thing for Nebraska, or did you ever? Were you, were you nervous up to the announcement, or did you think Nebraska was sitting pretty well?
9: Um, well, thanks to Greg Smith, our, our recruiting expert, who is is way more on top of these things, and is kind of the place I go to. He felt good, so then I I started feeling good. Um, he usually <laughs> has has his finger on the pulse of those things. I mean, Nebraska put a ton of a ton of resources into him. It was clear he was one of their top targets, um, not just regionally, but anywhere in the country. Um, so, and I think a, a couple things about this, you know, obviously as a player, like watching his highlight film, the talent, the talent's pretty apparent. You look at his testing results um, from that combine and it's, it's clear why he blew up and also just the role tight ends play in football right now. It all added up to a, uh, to a really high value target. Um, I'm kind of interested. So his versatility, and I think with some of the versatility Nebraska might be developing at that position, I'm actually most interested in what, what does it allow them to do in the run game? And I'm not talking just blocking, but just kind of having those threats that are big bodies. Um, Fedote can be one. Um, Hickman can be one. You know, you've got a couple of those guys, but they don't look out of place, you know, out wide near the sideline either. Um, so what kind of versatility does that offer you? How does it help the run game? And if you've got a good run game going, then all of a sudden those those tight ends kind of become, you know, the guys I remember from the option days that, Maybe didn't make eight catches a game, but they averaged about 18 or 19 yards per catch. Um, so, so I think that's there, and I also think the timing of this is pretty good. You know, there's this kind of narrative out there, and you know, I think there's some legitimacy to the worry of okay, if the ACC and the SEC are playing right now, does it hurt Nebraska in recruiting? Um, and you know, he had he had LSU on that list, Bedoni did. Um, so to get him at this point where he says, yeah, this is the place for me. Um, no matter if <laughs> no matter what LSU may or may not do this season, um, I think, I think that was important too. It, it really underscored for me kind of the relationship building that I mean, it's all of recruiting, but Nebraska really puts an extra focus on it.
2: Well, it's another kid you had to get, right? Because you remember with the Dickerson decision, and it wasn't just that you know, Avante's a, a top 100 kid, but he's going to, to, to row your boat land, man, and that just is salt, Nebraska. How many? What's the career touchdown reception numbers in three career games for uh, for Noah Fant against Nebraska? I mean, isn't it like just Bo Jackson going off on you in Tech Mobile? I mean, that's that's what it seemed like to me, where Fant did everything but throw a touchdown and run a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, so go ahead.
9: Uh, no, yeah, you're you're right. I was I was listening to the, the segment with Coach Barnett uh, just prior to this, and he was talking about uh, Colt Lyerla was the yeah the name of that that Oregon tight end he had, and uh, or he was he was talking about, and he had 11 touchdowns on 33 career receptions before his career uh, definitely did go off the rails. Um, if you, you look up a little bit of his story, but I mean that's that's some production right there. One in three receptions goes for a touchdown. You know, I average probably 17, 18 yards for a career. Um, you know, if you can get one of those guys, you're in pretty good shape.
2: Those are Gerald Armstrong-type numbers, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good pull. Good number 95, like 12 catches, 10 touchdowns. The uh, the freshman year go to man inside the ri- the red zone for Tommy Frazier Brandon Vogels with us we'll come up with some more obscure football names in the next five minutes Vogues uh, moving forward uh, with um, with football as you look at uh, the the way things have gone around some of the campuses and you've had some some early kickoff dates get moved back or kind of postponed towards the end of the season as you look at covid numbers jumping here uh are you uh are you are you a little worried that this thing still may not get pulled off or do you think that there's been a conscious decision to just trudge forward SEC ACC with football and if if kids are going to school online so be it they're going to school online and Notre Dame's really kind of who I'm staring at and There's a part of me that thinks if Notre Dame like just presses pause, then other college football folks will be like, "Uh oh!" But I don't know if Notre Dame's going to stick with this. You got to have kids in class to physically have football on the field.
9: Yeah, as we've gotten closer, um, you know that was one of the like big hurdles uh, a month or two ago. And it, as as some of these conferences have stayed in it, um, particularly in the ACC, you know, North Carolina State this week went the route of North Carolina and basically set everybody home. Uh, it doesn't seem like a, a non-starter necessarily anymore. I mean, the tough thing for me when I think about okay, if they're going to be football on. Um, you look at kind of these these early campus numbers, and they are they are not encouraging uh, for the prospect of of fall sports. So I guess if, I guess guess if you get to a point where you can play with no students on campus, um, then yeah, there's, there's probably reason to think that there will be some football to watch here in another, well, probably a little more than a week. Um, if, If that's not the case, then it starts to look pretty dicey. I mean, I think a, a big kind of moment was the SEC announcing that they're going ahead with a limited, basically a split schedule for cross-country, the the fall sports minus football. And that, to me, um, kind of said something pretty big in that it's tough to make, you know, it's tough to avoid some of the this is all about money, this is not amateur athletics argument. If you send all those other athletes home and it's just football playing because well, CBS plays a lot of, pays a lot of money to televise those games every Saturday. So the SEC deciding to keep those on there. Um, and, and who knows if that helps, you know, a program like Florida is, is traditionally a volleyball heavyweight. Like if they play eight conference games and then have to you know, hammer something together for the spring to be eligible for the NCAA tournament, does that hurt, help or help or hurt them? Who knows? Um, but that, that, that told me, that probably told me more there that, okay, we might actually see some football this fall because just looking at the campus numbers over the days before that, I was starting to get pretty skeptical.
2: Bogues, uh last thought here, you uh, did a great book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Get it is what I would say. Secondly, uh, could you see a, a permanent shift for volleyball to spring? Could that movement be something that isn't just due due to COVID, but could it be something that is a, is a reality? I know Co- Co- Coach Cook would love it.
9: He would. He uh, basically presented that uh, presented an argument for that at the AVCA conference fifteen years ago. Oh, um, fifteen. So it's 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 been a while. Um, he's you know, and it, it'll come up every fall, maybe once uh, in a press conference and. You know, from his perspective, the um, I think the, the December championship, well, while a great event, it's a tough time of year. Uh, you're not in school. It's you know, <laughs> a lot of times these are these have moved towards Midwest locales. It, it's really cold. Uh, I remember going to the Huskers' final four match in Columbus, Ohio, and it was it was brutal. So you're always contending with that, and also like later in the year, um, the. when when basketball has started and you're still winding down football, TV, TV spots become tough. And and the big 10 network has done a pretty good job about getting volleyball on. Yeah. Uh, But it's just, you know, in the spring, you'd have so much, so many more options. Uh, You might have a championship that is just a little bit more pleasant to get to at an easier time of the year. So I think for coach cook with you know, this makes sense at Nebraska where volleyball is very much a, a serious spectator sport. Uh, you just get in front of more eyeballs, um, and I think that's a big part of it.
2: Brandon Vogel, catch his stuff with Hailvarsity.com and magazine and follow Voges on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Voges will holler at you for the weekend, and if you get time, check out 1922. Will do. Hey, buddy, thanks for the time. Good to talk. All right. Brandon Vogel with us. We'll uh, head to the desert. Burke's best bets, some thoughts on uh, MLB, some college football. Danny Burke's on the way. He's in his 30s, but
1: sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmidty on Hale Varsity Radio.
5: I got the body of a taught preteen Swedish boy.
2: Well, we are going to say hi to the pride of Chicago with Deeson and... Uh, best bet, Sirius XM 204, it's Danny Burke, and uh, we can find Danny on Twitter, at Burke 5 Pride of Chicago, what's up, man? How you doing?
5: I'm good, my man. How about yourself?
2: We are all right. The Nebraska, eight Nebraska players have sued the Big Ten today.
5: Is that right? I actually did not see that. The big, the last news I heard was the uh, verbal commit from uh, the big star out of Iowa, so I figured that was going to be... Uh making the big news for you guys. So I
2: was excited to we, see we, that, but I did not see the players doing that. Yeah, the, the old Husker 8 lawsuit, bang, Big Ten. Uh, so I've had some thoughts on that today. And yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a Thomas Fedoni Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to lie on that either. <laughs> but uh, Nebraska's got a dude that can catch the football. So listen, uh, I'm going to jump in with some NBA, and I know it's been just a tumultuous time with uh, the association and uh, it sounds like things will will get back at it this weekend. And with the pause that's happened, with the protest that's happened, uh, the boycotting of of you know the last couple of nights, any series that you think uh, or you, you like, or are you just staying the hell away from the NBA this weekend.
5: Um, honestly, Shreddy, this weekend, you know, series the only one I'd kind of be interested in would be the Celtics and the Raptors if I was going to bet a series price because you're getting a little bit of plus money with the Celtics heading into this series and I know all the raids with the Raptors very well coached um, doing well for losing Kawhi who was the main piece of course winning the championship this past season but from a value standpoint and just if you kind of look at it we've had some guys on our show some professional bettors who have really noted out if this is a game a head-to-head game in the regular season and, you know, regardless of its home or away, the lines would be indicated a little bit differently. So I think when you look at it that way, the Celtics probably be the play I would look at in, in, in this instance, really. Um, going down the stretch, I know some people are liking the Miami Heat to just win the Eastern Conference Finals. And I understand that. I really do. I was backing them a lot uh, going against the Pacers. Um, in that series. But really, I, I just don't know if I'm ready to jump on the heat immediately and think they can be the team in the East. Besides the Bucks, honestly, I still just don't have any faith necessarily in a team to overcome them at this point. I just, in my mind at least, I just don't think it's worth it. That, But on the Western Conference, I mean, now obviously we you know that's a little bit more fun and you can still dabble with whether it be the Clippers, whether it be the Lakers, and the Clippers still are in an interesting series as it is. Um, Well, besides that, Schmitty, really, I'm probably just going to take it game by game, do the usual live betting I do, and just see where it goes from there.
2: Are you uh, a guy that has faith in Houston because of all of their talent, or are you a guy that's scared of Houston because they can be drilling somebody? And I know OKC and Houston had similar records, but just the style of the Rockets where they're going to launch seven thousand threes. so if they go cold, the door's not bolted, but it's fairly wide open for a comeback. Are they Are they a team that's maddening the bet, or have you found a pretty good rhythm with them?
5: No, you they're maddening to bet, Smitty. I put them in that last game where they lost, and I was screaming at my TV for sure, and I haven't done that in a while. I'm laughing I, with you. I love at, you. <laughs> I've done a good job at taming myself and not doing it as much, but when it's just pure... Idiocy and just stupidity from a team. Then I start screaming, and that's what happened the last two minutes with the Rockets. James Harden was playing virtually no defense against Chris Ball. He wanted nothing to do with it. He wouldn't even stick his hand up, just let him get mid-range shot after mid-range shot, and you know that's where he makes his cake. And not only that, when they get the ball right at the end, he just lazily chucks it up half-court and turns it over, and then they get the three to take the lead or whatever it was. I mean, it looked like he was legitimately giving up the game himself, and then he shows his little frustration knocking over the hand sanitizer in the locker. Like, come on, man. I mean, you have a chance to close out this game with the other star player, and you blow it after taking that many threes. So, yeah, it's extremely frustrating, I would say, Schmidty. So I was going to stay away from them, and obviously their uh, game got postponed. But I'm just waiting to see how this series plays out. But, in the long run, can they make it interesting? I do. That's if Russell's back in the mix, but they have to be hitting their shots, man. I mean, they just got to really run the floor and tire their opponent out, whoever it may be. But, you know, I'm not going to be the one to do it right away. Uh, if anything, the only situation I'd look to bet in would be maybe a second half if they're down, just assuming they're going to get on the run. It's kind of, you got to think inevitable if they're down, their threes are going to hit at some point but really pre-flop before the game, I have no interest at this point. And it's not just because of that one game, but it's really just because of that style. And if they're not hitting their three, Schmidty's no surprise, but they're virtually screwed at that point.
2: Danny Burke's with us, the pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets. You hear him on VEASAN and also WLSAM uh, in Chicago, 890. SiriusXM XM 204 is where you can check Danny out on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 So, uh, MLB, do you like Tampa or Baltimore tonight, anything uh, cooking with St. Louis and Pittsburgh? Also, you got the Dodgers and Giants.
5: You know, I, I made one bet today, and it's the game that got postponed with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. I was taking the Blue Jays' money line with Ryu on the mound. You weren't really getting any plus money, but I still thought it was a viable bet just based on how bad the Red Sox had been and the Blue Jays are still a young team who can have a potent offense, and with through on the mound, who has been picking it up as of recent. Um, so besides that, nothing much. I will say, though, I did dabble in the futures department, though, at Bet Rivers in Chicago, just based off Valley. And I know everybody's going to get pissed when I say this, because um, I already sent it to some friends, but I picked the Cardinals to win the NL Central. I threw some money on that, because there's some pretty good Valley at plus 450 um, right now, with the Cubs still being a heavy favorite. Uh, favorite. The Cubs are only two games ahead of them. Uh, I don't trust this Cubs release. Their bullpen is really just suspect as of this point. Their fielding still has some issues. I love the team. I really do. But at the end of the day, I could just keep being classic Cubs fashion. I get your hopes up. The Cardinals come back late in the season and, and just do what they do. And, you know, if they win, it's a good value bet, and I'm happy with it. And if the Cubs win, then I'm still happy as a Cubs fan. But really, I just thought it was a good value bet, so I did that. And then just looking over hockey really quick, another one I took uh, was BGK's to win the Western Conference Finals. Now, I think that's a bet where I was looking at value as well, considering if they win this next game against the Canucks, you're going to see that price change pretty dramatically. So I think VGK uh, is pretty evident that the top team in the Western Conference, so I think they keep that going. I took it at about plus 120 to win the West. Not saying they're going to win it all because I have some futures on the East, so I'm not ready to determine that or, or have a bet down for the uh, Stanley Cup on their side. But, uh, that's really the only stuff I had going besides a single game that got canceled today.
2: You know, you take me back to my childhood when you talk about you know, your Cubs and your Cardinals. You're you're okay with losing money if your Cubbies win, but you're going with your head, not your heart. There's a lot of years uh, my papa would put a lot of heat down on Switzerland, Oklahoma, but if it didn't go that way, he was okay with it. Nebraska'd win. So, bad. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's just lots <laughs> of years where he would put money down on the Sooners and, and hope, you know, pay for the law, you know, pay for the win pretty much. And, uh, it, you know, there was some days he, he got the cover, but the, the win, he got the most of best most, uh, best of both worlds on that. So there we have it, daddy. Uh, we will get caught up with you again next Thursday. And uh, get more best bets from you, uh, folks. Can find you on Twitter at Danny Burke Five, and uh, again on siriusxm two hundred four at Vison on Twitter, and of course uh, eight ninety WLSAM in uh, Chicago. Danny, have a have a great weekend, and thanks for your uh, your input today. You
5: bet, Schmidty. Thanks as always for having me on. We'll talk next week.
2: All right, there he is. He is the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Burke's best bets, and yeah, there's been a pause, obviously, with uh, the NHL. The NBA and and maybe some Major League Baseball. I don't know what to make of this footage that's out there on Twitter that is accusatory of Rob Manfred possibly trying to stage a boycott for PR. We get a Chiefs update from Mitch Holtis. uh, Training camp on the way. Miss us.
1: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at varsity.com the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
8: This report on the Kansas City Chiefs training camp on KFOR is brought to you by your Lincoln area Hive vee stories, proud sponsors of your world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. No Chiefs players had a better training camp the past two seasons than tight end Travis Kelsey. He works every day like a rookie trying to make the team instead of being the best tight end in the National Football League. But then again, Kelsey has done things no tight end in the NFL has ever done. Kelsey's had back-to-back 1,200-yard-plus receiving seasons and four straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Both benchmarks never before attained by a tight end in the 101-year history of the NFL. Kelsey recently signed a four-year extension to his contract, meaning he'll be a chief for six more seasons. It's a byproduct and a result of his love for this Chiefs team and the Chiefs kingdom.
7: I think there's a there's a lot of reasons, man. And it's uh, one is because we got great guys in the locker room. We got great guys in the facility, great people in the facility. Um, And it's just overall, it's a it's a fun atmosphere every single time you come to work and uh, guys don't want to leave that. Guys want to keep building off of that. And um, it's a beautiful thing when you have uh, ownership, trust in you. And then on top of that, just going out there and playing football with guys who uh, who come to work every single day and and uh, fight their tail off for you, man. It's a it's a beautiful thing. And um, you know what? This, uh, this community, um, Kansas City, I love
8: you, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to be here for the next six years. In addition to Kelsey's yards and touchdowns, mainly Travis Kelsey's most admirable trait is his willingness to train for the long haul. Since the beginning of the 2014 season, Kelsey has played in 95 of a possible 96 regular season games for the Chiefs in all nine of the Kansas City playoff games in that span. The five-time Pro Bowlers only miss... When Andy Reid held him out on purpose, along with the rest of the first team in Patrick Mahomes' debut in the final game of the 2017 regular season. Reporting from Kansas City on your defending world champions, I'm Mitch Holtis, Voice of the Chiefs.
2: Good stuff from Mitch and uh, a little Travis Kelsey love there, man. Think about the uh, the tight ends in the NFL that do their thing. Well... Uh, you know we 've spent a little bit of time today on the Thomas Fedoni decision, which is uh, just big time for Nebraska. We had some uh, some thoughts earlier from callers uh, still a couple of minutes before we wind the show down four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five so early reaction with some of the folks uh, dialing in was you know enough's enough 's enough, not really down with a lawsuit by Nebraska. Uh, pretty good insight from Vince Powers. And I, too, want to know how things went. And I listen to Gary Barnett when he says, you know, uh, as he puts it under darkness, if it was a decision made under darkness. And I know we're wore out. I know there's no football this fall, and it isn't coming back, and it sucks. But if we can get some answers as a football community to the how and why, that's important. Uh, Check the Vince Powers interview out. That's posted ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle and ESPNLincoln.com on demand. Reminder, drunk driving, buzz driving, high driving, never acceptable. One out of three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver and law enforcement officers working around the clock to stop impaired driving with sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols. Uh, Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll see you tomorrow. Wilderness Ridge, 4 to 6, Roadshow Friday. Talk to you then with Hale Varsity.